So hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Uh, today we have an amazing guest with us, who is Srinath Srinivasan. So currently he is heading uh, sales and customer success for the APAC and EMEA region for Plivo. So why don't you go ahead, uh, Sri, and introduce yourself and Plivo for the audience? Great. Thanks, Sunil. Thanks for the introduction. Yes, I've been with Plivo. I look after sales and customer success for the international market. This is my third year at, and prior to this, I have spent more than a decade in a telecom product company, Subex. And yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, what my background has been. That's really great. So you know, to just to just to set up the context, right? So we're gonna talk about like you know sales today. And before that, before we could jump into that, so there's this there was this webinar which I was attending just a day ago, which was about you know sales in in these current times, right? So there was a quote or there was some something which rob jepson said so he's a sales mm-hmm. leader he's a sales coach and he's a sales influencer as well so he said this one thing right. about you know about selling in these times so right so he said we are in the same storm but not in the same boat the storm affects each boat differently so as a sales guy you should understand what boat your customer is in and how is the storm affecting that right. it, it that boat and once you figure that out as a sales guy it is very easy for you to you know approach uh, towards him and then sell so what do you think about this three oh absolutely i think these are absolutely trying times a lot of business models would change i mean i'm definitely seeing a lot of impact to some of my colleagues my customers partners so so i think it's a very fair statement it all depends on how uh, companies business models have been and specifically for a sales uh, I think this is a wonderful opportunity. I mean, going through some of this from a business point because you get to know your customers better at this time, right? Um, right? I think I'm seeing a lot of that from many in the industry. You know, your customers also, I mean, you, you bond better with customers at these times. There are obviously certain businesses which get impacted, but they completely uh, stick with you because we will definitely get past this. And when the storm settles and things are back as usual, customers also would have understood who are the vendors that uh, you know they can invest and work with better so this is absolutely a, a wonderful opportunity to understand one's uh, potential if one is willing to do that awesome definitely and so sri like you know so you have been into sales for about uh, seven and a half years right you know since you since at from subex and now now at plivo and i i know that you started at subex as as you know an engineer and then you kind of got into pre sales and then you uh, got into sales specifically so you've been into sales for seven and a half years and i've heard from a lot of uh, colleagues of yours you know who who i know that you were you won a lot of awards at subex so what what were those like and i am guessing like you as you won multiple awards so which shows reputation because you're kind of doing the same thing because you've won awards at multiple years and plus which shows growth as well because if you've won award this year maybe it won't the same things that you do this, this year won't help you win an award next year as well you have to like do something else or do more or basically grow and scale up so what were uh, those things like for you right oh, yeah it's an interesting question just just a small correction in the background you're right i've spent about 8 years in sales but i've i've been one of those very few people who has directly moved to sales without being in pre sales right mm-hmm. so i was a uh, implementation engineer earlier on in subex my responsibility was to go and deploy the products with our customers then 
and I moved to uh, a sales role when I was a solutions architect, right? Yeah. So, so that so I skipped the step perhaps uh, of going from mostly people directly move into sales or spend some time in pre-sales. I think I'm, I was one of those uh, who took the risk and directly jumped into sales. So in terms of awards, I would call it more of recognition rather than awards yeah. because everyone is uh, well awarded. Every company awards their performing employees. But it was, there was a lot of recognition in, in all the companies that I've worked with. Specifically, it was around, you know, what most of it being measurable, right? So I think that is the reason for success because when uh, I started off in sales and or when I said I have an interest uh, to work in sales, the first thing which I did was set expectations in terms of what to measure, right? And then post that, you know, you automatically get into the grind and you start trying to be more aggressive. You start trying to get uh, more business. And once things start uh, working, then all the blocks fall in, right? So yes, it has to be repetitive in the sense, uh, you know, your your attitude, your ability to uh, execute, the challenges that come, how you tackle some of those. And each each industry is different. And luckily for me, I I had a very good you know team which uh, helped me get to my numbers. So so yes, there was uh, good recognition which you know it's it, it's kind of some of my ex colleagues who who did mention something nice about me. But I think that's that's the part about repetition and growth. That's that's really interesting. And and I I remember when we talked uh, before. So you mentioned uh, this this thing which is so everyone is a sales guy. So I think uh, that that mentality kind of help you stay consistent uh, in getting the, while getting these recognitions and through all these years. So so why do you think uh, that like everyone is a sales guy? Yeah, I keep saying that to most people I talk to um, because they always look at sales as a very what do we say? It's a, it's a very glitzy, it's a very uh, kind of glamorous, difficult kind of a work, right? Uh, but actually, it is not. I mean, everyone is a sales guy because. Everyone is selling something to the other, right? right? So if you look at sales as such, it's pretty much about convincing somebody else about your idea or your approach, right? In the business sense, we understand what sales is, but otherwise that's what it is. So a HR person is trying to convince another candidate about joining a company, right? The engineer is trying to convince a manager about a design or, or whatever they do, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone is trying to sell some thoughts and approaches. The only difference is professionally as uh, salespeople, we are measured on numbers, right? Uh, we are expected to deliver on our growth, right? But yes, I, I believe that everyone is a salesperson. Everyone is trying to sell something. Um, in most cases, it's an idea or an approach. Totally. I, I, I get that. And let's take a step back in, in you know, when you were uh, in the techno-functional role, right? You know, before before you got right. into pre-sales when you were at Subex, right? So uh, mm-hmm. you transitioned mm-hmm. from a techno-functional role into a, you know, pure sales role. It was a tech SaaS company, right? So how do you, I, I remember you telling me you started with like, you know, you know, account and then you, you know, you, you were assigned a territory, then you were assigned a region, then you were assigned a bigger area. And then you're, you're you know, you're probably heading global sales for, you know, one whole market, right? So how, how did you grow into these roles? Like, you know, what was the, what were the things that, you know, really helped you? So the transition from techno-functional to the sales role that happened at Subex, right? Uh, so like most people, I was a technical person. I mean, when I say most people, as, in, as, a, as a graduate, I was predominantly in a tech role. And once I started getting more into the field side, that's where my interest was. So the primary reason I got into this was because of my interest. And I thought I could make a difference. And the way I went about it was I reached out to my then manager 
and requested him if I can work on one specific account uh, to show that I'm capable of it. And that's what that's how it all started. So I was given one account in the APAC region, which I grew. And then the company was willing to give me a little bit more accounts and territories, right? Uh, so over a period of four years, from when I started as a single account um, manager, I was able to grow to, um, you know, a regional, I, I was given a regional responsibility. And then when the company spun off and had uh, additional products being launched, I took the responsibility of uh, the global sales for that product. Nice. That, that's a really interesting journey. So when you said like, you know, you were, you were in this techno-functional role, so you had a lot of tech understanding, right? You were not, you said that you were not a hardcore engineer, but you still, you, you were, you know, in a, like in a, a techno-functional role, right? And then right. uh, you just, you also said that, you know, sales is basically convincing, like everyone is selling uh, something at their, their, you know, in their different points of like, even though if you're not a sales guy, you're trying to sell uh, something, right? It's, it's basically right. just convincing people of what you think about uh, some stuff, right? So uh, if we right. combine these two things, right, you know, uh, someone who has like a person who has a great techno-functional understanding of things and plus a person who's ha- have a great convincing power. So can this guy become a great sales guy? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that's an interesting way to look at it, right? I mean, I have known uh, wonderful sales people who have no knowledge of technology, right? So when, when I say techno-functional, it is someone who understands technology, but perhaps can't code, right? Or can't develop, right? Yeah. But it, it is, I mean, as I said, there are very smart people I have worked with uh, whom, I'm, whom I know are wonderful sales guys, and they do not know technology at all. Uh-huh. But I've also seen, um, you know, a few other salespeople who have a good understanding of their platform, their technology. So they're able to have a lot more meaningful conversations. Right. Mm-hmm. So specifically in the SaaS space, most of the conversations have to be done remote mm-hmm. and the opportunities that you get to discuss uh, or have meetings with someone are, you know, it, it is definitely difficult. Right. So you want to be as convincing as possible and give as much information where necessary. So I definitely think that if someone has those skill sets of being both, you know, techno functional, understanding their product more say, uh, I mean, more so. And definitely being a good convincing, having good convincing power, uh, they can they can do a better role there, right? But predominantly, to be a great salesperson, in my view, one aspect is convincing, but there are other aspects as well. You know, things around the ability of someone to identify opportunities, right? Whether it's with an account or whether it is you're going after new businesses, right? Very important to understand the current product, platform, service, whatever it is that one is trying to sell, right? Uh, right. With uh, a reasonable technical knowledge will be an uh, additional value, I feel. And more importantly, you know, to be quite persistent in terms of getting that across to the customers or to your leads so that, you know, they, they know that they have the right information to take decisions when needed. Totally. I, I think that, that uh, truly makes sense for a lot of ta- tech SaaS companies out there because let's say if you consider right. companies like uh, uh, Plivo or Moengage or, you know, even in the, the sense like Watfix, so like, you know, the sales guys should should definitely understand like, you know, how the tech works. And uh, so I've seen uh, in bigger companies like Akamai and Salesforce would generally pair up two people. So one is basically a sales right. guy who has great convincing power. And then there's another guy who's a sales engineer guy who has a techno-functional understanding of, of things. And just, so they two would right. pair up and close more deals. But if there is, as, as you said, right, if there's one guy who has great techno-functional understanding and, you know, great convincing power, he can definitely be a great sales guy. 
so in this sense should like you know should tech people know sales or should sales people understand tech what would that be according to you yeah yeah i mean i i, I just want to go back a little bit to your earlier question if that's okay right i i think it makes sense to have i mean there's a reason why certain companies have uh, people with different skill sets right a uh, sales guy can't replace a technical person uh, or the other way around right it also depends on how technical a product should be uh, and the reason why you have different people with these skill sets is because they are, they go very deep into their domain or their skill set right so i i i'm not saying or i'm not at uh, any point mentioning that both the roles can be combined into one all i feel is that if a sales person understands technology better they are more armed to have those conversations with different right. kinds of people right but it does not mean that one does not require a solutions engineer or a sales engineer as may be the case right okay, so just yeah. making sure i mean that's my thought on that yeah. yeah i think now, it, it would um, just it would reduce a lot of dependency if uh, if a sales guy would know tech the uh, techno functional understanding so it would reduce a lot of dependency on the very basic things on on the sales engineer side right because if if the sales guy could understand these things he could not go to like the sales engineer guy every now and then right he could he would be able to answer most of the questions of his customer all on his own like at least the basic ones Sure. No, but understand the most important thing about you can teach. Uh, I mean, it's not too difficult to pick up technology, right? right. If you have an interest in it. But right. picking up sales, it is a flair. It is an interest, right? So mm-hmm. you can't teach someone the art of negotiation or the art of to figure out at what point, right. uh, you know, you should pursue a negotiation at what point you need to stop, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is something very difficult to teach. So personally, I think it's easier to help someone pick up those technical skill sets. Uh, if there is an interest uh, in that individual but it's mm-hmm. not difficult to teach someone sales you can only coach someone if there is an interest but uh, right. you cannot teach them how to sell in my view right, right. but i think so you, you got it the hard way but i think you got it the hard way because you had a great techno functional understanding and still you got into sales i mean you just said that is the hard way of getting into sales but you just did it so i think that's people can look up up to you for it No, I think it's it's only a question of interest, right? I mean, there are a lot of smart people who do that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's just an interest in, and and the opportunity too, right? Right. Uh, the ability to convert that, right? Totally. Uh, to your earlier question on you know good techno functional understanding and good, I mean, your I think your question was will will that interrelate? Would you mind repeating that question? So it is like you know someone with good techno functional understanding and someone with good convincing power can you know can create a great salesperson. Oh yeah, why not? I mean, sure. The, the only thing which you need in sales is the ability to close deals, right? Get numbers, you know, do not leave a lot of money on the table in, in terms of get as much uh, value, right? So it is good for the company and it is good for the business as well. So it's it's that that's what is sales eventually, right? right. Being um, knowledgeable, being aware of the product is a must because unless you do that, you know, you may not even be selling the right solution. i mean we do hear stories of customers buying one tool or product and then figuring out after it's deployed that this is not what they wanted right right uh, mm-hmm. so knowing the solution knowing the product uh, obviously helps uh, right. but yes uh, eventually for a sales guy it's all about you know they being able to convince someone about the product their idea approach as may be the case totally and to- i i think uh, that would make sense because when you when you are into sales as well so your your uh, customer is a different guy in the company and your consumer is a different guy so when you're specifically let's say if you are into 
uh, I think you know any SaaS or a tech SaaS, for example. So the guy who's uh, the person who's going to make the buying decision is someone who would not uh, necessarily be the same person who's using your product as well. So again, the cons- customer is different and the consumer is different. And I think the, your customer would talk more sales to you, and your consumer would talk more tech to you. So I think that that's why right. in terms of you know pairing as well, uh, as you said before, right? Many companies would pair up two people. So I think it would be that because a sales guy would talk to another your, your customer and your technofunctional guy could talk to your consumer, right? So what do you think? Oh yes, absolutely. I think d- depending on the kind of organization um, oh, that yeah. we operate in. So for example, if it's an enterprise, yes, I mean it's very structured. Sales cycles are longer. There are different right. teams which provide requirements and a different thing which does the commercials and closure, right? However, startups and mid-sized companies, it is decisions are quicker. You know, people like the CTO or the CMO, depending on who, what the product or the platform is that they want to use, they take those calls, right? The advantage is uh, for most of the SaaS companies, while you have internal functions in terms of sales guys trying to focus on enterprises or sales guys trying to focus on a different kind of market, while we do that, I think at some point these lines get blurred where uh, you just have to, you know, sell to the lead or the customer that's that's, uh, at the other end of the call, right? So it always helps uh, to be aware of that information. But in most cases, yes, unless, uh, since the breadth of people you work with are so different, you know, you need to be able to have a meaningful conversation to a reasonable level with most of these people. Awesome. Totally. So from your experience, how can you encourage people to take the same path? Because there, I think there are a lot of people in India and in great cities like Bangalore and Chennai and Hyderabad uh, who are great techno-functional people, but who are not so great at sales, like is what I've seen. Like India produces more engineers than salespeople. A lot of people would have good convincing power from these people as well. So how could they follow the same path and get, if they are interested, obviously, into sales, where could they start? Right. Uh, rightly put, I think uh, the last part where you said if they are interested, uh, number one, it right. has to be their personal interest. Right. right? Totally. If, uh, totally. See a value in terms of why do they want to be a salesperson? They should be able to answer that first. Right. right. Um, right. So that, that is the most important thing. That's number one. But if they decide if one has an interest to do that, the first thing is start small because that way you are also able to you know fail quickly or succeed quickly. That way you can measure stuff. Um, and it's always good to start that in your existing organization, right? right? Never try to get switch companies and then try to get into a sales role because when a company is looking for a hire, they want to hire a salesperson, right? right? So they are looking for someone with experience. So the best place to start is start in the current organization where one is working for. And it's good to start with something small, right? So that's number right. one. And number two is have a good mentor, right? Whether it could be uh, a sales leader within the company or somebody else outside, you need to have the person to coach you on some of these softer aspects, right? How to negotiate, when to push pedal to the metal, when do you need to be aggressive, when not, right? Attend a lot of these meetings whenever your uh, seniors are attending, observe, right? And, and good mentoring is also needed, right? Thirdly, I would say one should have, you know, clear measurable goals right? In terms of saying, is this working for me or not? While they might be an interest, while the organization gives uh, one an opportunity to try something, uh, if you're not meeting the goal, um, A, it's not helping you, nor it's helping the company, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in yeah. which case you need to know if is, is this the direction you would want to pursue, right? right. Uh, it doesn't mean that when someone fails, they stop because that's not what it is. Uh, but at least you, you know that this is the reason why it's not working out. Maybe it's a market you are working or it's the product is not working. 
or maybe it's an individual thing as well right and lastly i think which is very important is be riskers i mean don't be riskers be a risk taker right take certain amount of risk in terms of what you want to achieve because nothing is going to come on a platter nobody is going to say all right move into sales because people have they expect someone to come with that skill set right uh, and once you are given that opportunity then nobody is giving you a long rope right you need to quickly find ways you know show progress and the only way you can do some of that is start taking a certain amount of risk in terms of how you achieve and execute right okay. so so those would be my few tips in terms of what one could consider but most important being the personal interest totally that's great i mean so yeah we have reached our course for this for this episode 3 and i have a few lightning questions or a, a rapid fire questions so maybe you can start answer whatever is on top of your head so one thing i want yeah. to start with like so you mentioned one point viral talking about your experience and how could someone get into this so you said talked about having a great mentor so who was the mentor for you uh, okay so he was my my ex colleague he was handling the sales earlier in that region so when i approached him he was he was willing to give me an opportunity to start with one account right so, nice. so uh, any name yeah oh yeah his, his his there were actually two people one person was subhajit subhajit chakravarti and the other person was shankar shankar rao great okay and and then so in terms of your work and in terms of your career so what keeps you going what's like the motivation for you yeah so it's always been uh, what next for me in terms of you know as i said you want to have measurable goals right so once you uh, reach something it has it's always been what's the next bigger challenge right so one aspect is either you work with a company which is uh, growing so automatically challenges keep coming right which is what we have, we have at plevo uh, growth is good so obviously with that you get a whole bunch of challenges right so that that pushes you to find solutions in a very short time in in my case solutions means mostly commercial solutions right so so that is one or the other thing is how can you be more uh, productive with less right i mean uh, even prior to this pandemic and some of these uh, situations that we are having i think as a company we have been very careful in terms of how to execute more with less right so that keeps us that keeps me personally going in terms of how do we achieve some of these with with whatever constraints and factors we have awesome awesome and my last question would be if if the current you could call the 25 year old you so what would you say to him oh <laughs> i would i would i would say continue doing what what you are doing because uh, you will end up fine right and that i'm pretty sure would work for most of them i wouldn't want to change anything of what has happened so far right uh, so i would just say be a little more uh, relaxed learn to have a little more fun okay. along the way because everything will work out fine but i i wouldn't change uh, anything different or advise anything different to my 25 year old self oh great i think <laughs> you had it all sorted out back since back then <laughs> that's, right that's great yeah great. maybe i would have a little more a little more easy along the way you mm-hmm. know that is the only thing which i would have told myself then great so thanks a lot sri for joining in and i just wanted to end on one more question about so uh, are you are is plevo hiring right now Uh, yes we are looking for positions globally great great so i might just include this as well in my description so that people can reach out to to you or to plevo sure great. absolutely great so thanks a lot sri for doing this thanks a lot for you know taking time and talking to us today on the on this podcast i hope uh, you enjoyed it thank you sanal it was wonderful stay safe and let's keep in touch